Arted Like Rabbits is a monthly podcast produced by the award-winning The Rabbits Riot Theatre Company, featuring original work created by artists and individuals based in the northwest of Ireland. I am Tressa Nealon, and I'm co-founder of The Rabbits Riot alongside Sonia Norris. The wonderful song you've just heard was created by my friend and the incredible musician Ronan McManus. Happy Halloween, folks. I hope you're all having a spectacular day. I sound like a really corny radio host, but we'll keep going with it. Today, we have a very spooky and scary story called The Sacrifice, which was written by the amazing Tori Lee, who has not only written today's story, but she's also performed it because she is incredible. Uh, Tori Lee lives in the northwest of Ireland and she is an actor, a writer and a drama facilitator and I've been incredibly blessed to have worked with her on several projects before and she's just amazing and she's a breath of fresh air. So without further ado, I hope that you um, have the lights on because this story is very, not only atmospheric, but it's very, very scary. I hope you enjoy. What a good idea this had been, she smiled. The weather was pleasing, a little on the cold side perhaps, but a good walk was warming the blood. Here, visiting this old tomb site was a pleasant diversion to the day. She had had trouble finding it. The locals hadn't been very forthcoming about its exact whereabouts. That, however, had made the conquest of discovery all the more enjoyable. A little suggestion here, a keen amateur archaeologist's eye, a little knowledge of the positioning of such tombs by the ancients had helped to pinpoint its situation. The path up to the tombs themselves was quite a climb. The wind in the trees made periodic screeches out of boughs rubbing against branches. It was spring. The vernal equinox had taken place and it was now approaching the Christian Eastern week. The pagan festival of Eostra was at hand. The time of rebirth. The death of winter. She mused on all of this as the songs of the birds filled the burgeoning trees above her. Slowly, she became aware of a sensation. The sensation of being followed. She stopped, glad of a little break, being somewhat puffed out by the climb. She turned to salute her fellow adventurer, but she appeared to have been mistaken, for there was not a soul in sight. She turned back to the path and continued to walk, and yet... There it was again, the presence of someone. A shiver went down her spine. She turned again, tentatively. No one was there. And yet, she felt she detected motion. But the path was empty. Bah! These places, ancient and riddled with footprints and superstition, they have an effect on the mind. She laughed and shouted out, Hello? Can I help you? No answer came the stern reply. <sighs> she laughed once more and turned back to the path. Ah, here were the tombs, nestling in the long grass like teeth protruding from the grass-covered jaw of some long-defeated dragon. There was a pleasant aspect from here. The views were amazing. 
mountains visible on all sides, an endless sky with clouds racing each other above her. She walked among the stones. The tombs were in good condition, pretty much complete. She took a few turns around the exposed chambers and inwardly cursed herself for stupidly leaving her camera in the car. She came to a long flat stone and, feeling a little drained from the climb, she lay along the length of it, looking skyward. The weather was becoming very changeable. Moody, shifting clouds forming hideous faces in the sky. Grey and black hounds pursued the blue across the expanse. In fact, she noticed, the sky seemed troubled with tales of woe and foreboding. And then the sky changed once more. All the blue was quite suddenly surrounded by a menacing black, like the Almighty had knocked over his ink pot. She smiled at her own observations. All of a sudden she was struck by a searing pain, which ran through her entire body, starting at her chest and running down her legs. Alarmed, she tried to move and found she couldn't. In a moment it was gone. Blue invaded the sky once more, the ink clouds mopped up, and the feeling ran back through her body. She sat up, confused and drained. Wow! I must be more unfit than I thought. That was some cramp. Oh. She hauled herself up and stretched and left the tombs, taking an alternative route down, smiling at her previous sense of drama. No one's following me now. In fact, I feel more lonely than anything else. I'd almost missed the company. <laughs> Turned to the road and back to her car. The day had become chilly. Well, at least she felt chilled, despite the reappearance of the sun. She considered the place she'd just come from. Strange that the place had been so abandoned. Elsewhere, a place such as this would be signposted as a place of interest, a place of pilgrimage for the so-minded tourist. Driving back into town, she thought she'd drop in at the library. See if they had anything of interest on the site. The library was a new building, part of the recently renovated part of the town. It was cosmetic. You could feel the depression beneath its painted face. Painted maple, she thought, stealing from the bard, the town standing tall on a hill. The library had adequate resources. The librarian, she discovered, was not of local descent herself. She had blown in about four years ago when the job here had presented itself. She didn't know anything about the site. She did have a keen enthusiasm for her job, however, and remembered the library acquiring some notes from a long-dead local historian. It did, she believed, contain writings on traditions and history of the locality. She had become quite animated in this resource, and wandered off happily in her quest to find it. There was not much call for that kind of thing around here, so the chance to retrieve this treasure from its archive box was a pure delight. The book was surprisingly well preserved. She had expected a few loose papers in possibly an indecipherable hand. These, however, were all bound and pleasingly clear. Skipping through rather dull pages concerning the founding of the town by some old curmudgeon of a Dendian, she finally found something on the tombs. It read more of a warning. A place of evil and fear. It was a place where ancient rites of a nefarious nature had taken place sacrifice of women to become some kind of spirit guardian, a protector of the tombs, or something in the tombs. 
there was some awful, most likely exaggerated, he thought, right of separating the victim from its soul. The body would then fail to survive, bereft and pining for its soul. The soul would guard the stones, remaining in its duty till another sacrifice was made. She noted the auspicious time of the rite, around the fernal equinox, around the full moon, the dying year carrying away death and rebirth of the new year. Goodness, she noted. That was the day, for the full moon, the egg moon, was tomorrow. She rather liked the idea of having stepped through time, treading the soil, touching the stones which had soaked in so much. Well, that is if this account has any real basis in truth. The ache in her shoulder told her she had been hunched over the table reading for some time. It was getting late and, glancing up at the librarian, she realised she wanted to close up for the day. She was also aware that she'd only eaten breakfast that day. Not an uncommon occurrence for her when she got involved in something of interest. She returned the book, thanking the librarian for her help, and left. She had reserved a room at the local pub. It had been recommended online in the area's local tourist guide for its traditional charms. She had booked a month ago a cottage for the week. The let was only Sunday to Sunday. Today was Saturday. She'd arrived a day early, rather on a whim, having had time to spare. She found the pub easily, all its quasi-antique items displayed in the windows. She walked in through the door, marked accommodation, and waited in the small lobby. Someone appeared from a door to the left, glancing briefly in her direction, and walked over. Evening. I have a reservation with you for the evening. For two? Responded the rather dour-looking man. No, just me. She answered. Apologies, you're not together. He replied, meeting her puzzled expression. She looked around, seeing no one else there. She raised her eyebrow a little at him. Um, no, I'm quite alone. Just me and my shadow. <laughs> As she said the words, a little shiver ran through her body. She pulled her coat tighter around her. The night was becoming cool. The man looked at her slightly surprised, his eyes subtly scanning the room. I beg your pardon. I could have sworn there was someone with you. Yes, miss. Your room is ready. He handed her the key and gave her directions to the room. He also informed her of the availability of meals served in the bar. She left with the door indicated, his eyes following her closely. She reached her room, comfortable and homely enough. Feeling rather a complaining headache coming on, she decided to forego dinner and have an early night. She slept uneasily, waking at 3am, hungry and with an inexplicable feeling of anxiety. Anxious about what? She couldn't tell. She switched on the light and watched as the shadows leapt up the walls around her. Reaching for her bag that she had dropped down beside the bed, she scrambled inside it for any vestiges of nourishment. She found a cereal bar and began to attack it. It felt dry to her mouth. She considered making a cup of tea with the complimentary fare left in the room. She threw back the covers and made to step out of the bed, laying one foot upon the floor. A sharp pain made her attract her foot. It was like stepping on razor blades. She gave a yelp, grimacing through the pain. She caught a glimpse of something move in the corner of the room. There was one shadow too many. 
Her eyes flickered a confusion for a moment, and then... And then, focusing on the pain still present in her legs, her mind discounted the other. She must be coming down with something, she reasoned. The headache, the ache, some kind of flu or virus. Typical for it to get hold of her now, the beginning of a holiday. Best thing she could do was go back to sleep. She turned off the light. A break in the clouds at that point meant the room was at once flooded with moonlight, bright and of a deathly pallor. It was almost luminous tonight. The moon. She lay for a while, moon-bathing, before her eyes closed against the shifting shadows of the room. A wealth of weird images spun around her somnolent head during those hours. Finally, finally the dreams unravelled. She was once more at the tombs. It was dark. She was not alone. She was surrounded. Figures all around, deformed, squat. There was chanting filling the air. She couldn't breathe. She had to get away. The air was suffocating. They were all around her, closing in. The moon travelled with impossible speed across the sky, veiled by the cloud, barely visible. Then it broke loose, as if it was escaping captors, as if the moon itself was panicked. And there she was, standing amidst the stones in the moonlight. There wasn't anyone else, just the stones. She heard a scream pierce the stillness, her legs buckled. She awoke, safe in her bed. She blinked awake. Peculiar dreams were not unusual for her. She'd always found them rather entertaining. This one, however, this one, had left her feeling a little shaken. No doubt a bug, plus what she had been reading earlier had perhaps combined in her mind to affect her so, all culminating in one big night terror. Morning crept in slyly through a chink in the curtain. She felt unrefreshed and cautiously, due to the performance her body had given her the night before, rose out of her bed. Still, her body was full of aches. She was to let the cottage today. Funnily enough, it was in view of yesterday's hike. She had arranged with the owner to pick up the keys, seconded on a shelf in a small outhouse to the rear of the cottage. The whole treasure hunt idea had amused her. She slowly showered, dressed, gathered her things and headed downstairs. She really couldn't face the thought of breakfast. She cursed again, her ill fortune at succumbing to this tiresome bug. She paid her bill to a smiling-faced young woman, the man from last night nowhere to be seen. Out into a fresh but beautiful morning, the sky was cloudless. A little frost had fallen and she could feel the chill tingle in her nose. She reached her car, dug out the direction to the cottage from where they had slipped beneath the passenger seat. She headed off, pulling into a service station to stock up on essentials, cold capsules and paracetamol-laced drinks. She would hole up in peace and quiet and shake this cold. The directions were perfectly clear, and she found of ease the little cottage, tranquility itself, set back from the road by a drive which seemed ludicrously large for such a small dwelling. It was a standard old-style cottage, carefully maintained to give it that old-world warmth. A large tree sat on the lawn facing the house. The grass was clipped. It had the appearance of order and being well-kept, although there was a loneliness about it. It wasn't a home, more of a feature. She liberated the key from its prison and let herself in. 
It was quiet. The quietness created a sort of pounding in her ears, echoing in her head. She brought her bag in and made herself one of the hot lemony drinks. She laid down on the sofa, pulling an old blanket that lay across the back of the sofa over her. She dozed off quickly, once more, fitfully. She was asleep, and yet she felt she was awake. Someone was rattling the window, the door. She felt like a pursued fox, breathing fast, taking rasping breaths, blood pounding in her ears from the chase, down in her den, waiting. Waiting. Waiting for Tara to come and rip her apart. She awoke, drenched with sweat, disturbed and cross. Despite the dream feeling like a moment of briefness, she realised she'd been asleep most of the day. Early evening sun was freckling the grass through the branches of the tree onto the lawn. She'd always considered this a special time of day, a magical time, when the sun was most golden and aged. She stretched a little and thought for a while. She still had no appetite. In fact, the thought of food turned her stomach somewhat. Perhaps a little fresh air on such a beautiful evening was what she required. There was a little track down into the woods nearby. She'd pass it on the drive here. She heaved herself up, threw her coat on and set out of the house and down the drive towards the track. The woods smelt good. Dark as she entered, but she could see the trees ahead lit up with evening sunshine. The effect was rather like a tunnel with a light at the end. She walked towards the sun-bleached trees. She walked towards the light, her legs feeling heavier with each step she took. She stood for a while, letting herself absorb the sounds around her. A dog barked some distance off. Cows were mooing somewhere. A faint sound of traffic and the sound of the wind tickling the leaves in the trees above her. Then what was that? Then. What was that? Wailing. Wailing from somewhere, it sunk her heart to her feet. Abandoning the journey to the light, she headed back through the dark trees. She felt that prickly sensation one gets when someone is standing too close behind you, an invasion of space. She quickened her step. Here and there, the trunks of trees separated in growth were entwined and tangled, clinging together. They were almost like figures, ghastly figures, demons cavorting all around her. She returned to the cottage, worse the wear from her walk. Loneliness appeared to be pressing down upon her. She turned on the TV just for the company. She never felt this wretched alone. A quiet contentment in her own company had always been a comfort up until now. Finding her way to the kitchen, she decided to make some toast, trying to eat just to make her wretch. She turned off the TV, took some pain relief pills and decided to head for bed. Sleep if she could. That would shake this damn thing. Lying there, unable to sleep, darkness blocked out the world and the moon and then the egg moon, unmasked by a wind chasing the clouds from her face, shone silver and cold all around her. Awake and restless, her body didn't feel right. Cold moonlight was crawling around the room. Her chest felt, well, heavy, as if some great love had been lost to her. That is how it felt. She felt alone and heart sore. She rose out of the bed to take a look at the equinox full moon. Pulling back the curtains, she could see the mountain, the mountain where the tombs lay whitewashed in moonlight. The dangerous door of the sunken beast. The beast. Her eyes fell to the garden below, that 
great tree, its withered arms reaching up to her. Something was there. Beside the tree, a figure. Who could be hanging around here at this hour? A shiver rippled through her body. Someone is standing on my grave, she mused. The figure stared up at her, cold, familiar. Their eyes met. Her legs buckled. The shiver shuddered through her body. It's me! She gasped. It's, it's me standing there. I, I'm done for. The shuddering coursed through her body. She in that instant understood. They have me. The figure looked with a longing up at the window, with a sadness. Then turning away, it walked back from the tree, disappearing down the drive. Come back! She gasped. Come back! Oh God! Come back! The drive was empty. There was nothing. Arshit Like Rabbits is produced by the Rabbit Riot Theatre Company, which is co-founded by me, Tras Nealon, and Sonia Norris. Our music was created by Ronan McManus. See you next month.